welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And we're joined today by our events manager, Jason. Thanks for being with us, Jason. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited too. Yeah, thank you for suggesting this as well. I feel like you were kind of ahead of the curve because the first time I heard about Tiger King, which is what we're reviewing, you, it was because you wanted to review it on the show and then it just seemed like it was popping up everywhere and basically the only thing that people can talk about that's not coronavirus is Tiger King. Oh yeah. No, this is this is like the perfect binge like 3-5 day thing at home during this whole coronavirus thing. I did it in 2. <laughs> you lightweight. You haven't finished. <laughs> I haven't finished. I yeah. am one episode short of you to be fair. I could have finished last night, but I would have woken up with a headache this morning. I, I got to get a full seven hours or I get a headache. Yeah. And we should say that, I mean, with documentaries and reality shows, there's always this weird thing of, are you really spoiling it when this is theoretically something I could just go read a newspaper article about? But this show in particular is so crazy and so driven by surprises and twists that I think like, let's we're going to treat it the way we treat a fictional show which is the beginning is going to be spoiler free and then later on we'll have a spoilerish discussion jason do you want to tell our listeners who haven't figured out yet like they're just wondering what the hell is this tiger king what is the show about so so brief uh the documentary itself goes over years and years uh tiger king is a guy who was operating a private zoo in oklahoma uh joe exotic a.k.a. Joe Maldonado, a.k.a. Joe Brianger, Maldonado, Passage. Like, he's got them all, folks. He's incredibly charismatic. He had his own reality TV show. He's raised big cats, bred big cats, sold them, operated the zoo for years, dabbles in magic, um... And just has 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 a, a crazy cast of characters around him, uh, but is also involved in so many alleged criminal activities or adjacent to them uh, that uh, it just makes for uh, a crazy seven episode series. And how did you hear about it? Did, you, did it just pop up in your Netflix recommendations? Yeah, I kept I kept seeing just like that cover art. And I'm thinking, like, what the hell is, is Tiger King? And then it, it started just to pop up on all these, uh, like, newsfeed articles. And eventually, uh, I had run out of Bravo shows to watch. I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune into episode one. But it was literally, I wrote this down. It was, it was at the beginning of episode two. I think it's within, like, two minutes of the show starting. When uh, an incident happens at the park, and Exotic Joe or Joe Exotic, sorry, walk, walks into his uh, gift shop and says, quote, ladies and gentlemen, before you hear it on the news, I'm going to tell you myself. He's saying this to a, a room full of zoo goers. I'm going to tell you myself. About an hour ago, we had an incident where an employee stuck her arm through the cage and a tiger tore her arm off. I can give you your money back or I can give you a rain check. And then he just walks out of the store and I thought, okay, I'm in. <laughs> well, and then you just see him pacing back and forth being like, I'm financially ruined. Yeah, yeah. And, and you want to say, now looking back, nah, Joe, you're not ruined just yet, but give it, give it <laughs> yeah. like four more, give it four more years. 
<laughs> yeah, give it some time, buddy. You're fine, actually. This is, if anything, it's like an attraction. That the, that scene you're talking about is genuinely horrific. Um, like that that I mean, it's basically what you would expect when regular people are keeping tig- lions and tigers and other large cats in cages, which is some pretty gnarly shit happens once in a while, and that's what we see. I gotta say, like one of the things about the show for me is that. If you took cats, like tigers, lions, laggers, panthers, all the animals, all of them, and you took them out of this show, and I mean, obviously it doesn't exist without them, but if you just took them all out and you left all of the other ingredients that are in this docuseries, right? And I'm not going to go through them all because I think that in itself is kind of spoilery, but y'all, I'm talking some bonkers shit. Like, and you didn't have any of the cats, you'd still have probably one of the craziest docuseries ever, right? Mm -hmm. And then you add in this layer where every, maybe every 90 seconds at the most, you see this image of a cat with a human, a a giant tiger like jumping up on the back of a guy or sniffing around their shoe or kind of pawing at their head or cuddling or swimming and that sense of like (laughs) something bad could happen at any second just from that danger alone like infuses it with even more juice you know what i mean so it's just this it's so high octane viewing in terms of documentaries which sometimes you know they often have twists and turns and shocking revelations but can sometimes feel a little bit more muted and slow and um you know informative than emotional and this is very emotional for for a documentary in my opinion well one of the things i'm curious about is you know there's sort of documentaries and there's reality tv and sometimes a little bit of a gray area in between but i feel like you know, when we talk about them, we talk about documentaries as being maybe a little bit more edifying, a little bit more informative in reality. I think, Jordan, the phrase you've used a couple of times is like, The Bachelor in particular is trash. And so I'm curious, like, because this seems in some ways, I mean, it is a documentary as far as I can tell. It's, you know, there are people who complain about their portrayal and things, but fundamentally, I don't think there seem to be very serious um, factual criticisms leveled against it. But it has this sort of tabloid kind of feel so i mean when you guys watch it do you feel like you're learning something or that this is you know a good documentary or do you feel like you're watching reality tv that's a good question so that that so this it is and that it's incredibly easy to binge and watch because each episode is its own crazy story and you're sort of just like, oh my God, what is, what is going to happen next? But at the, at the end of watching it, and you sent around an article this morning about uh, the, the filmmakers, what they were really attempting to sort of like shed light on that kind of gets lost, mm-hmm. um, is it's called Tiger King. You start out really about the zoo, about big cats. You meet all these characters that are involved in sort of the, the private ownership of big cats and whether or not this is right or good or whatnot. And by the end of it, I don't think you think about them at all. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I wonder hmm. if you talk about good versus tabloid, I don't, I wonder, 
if the filmmakers think at the end of the day, the seven episodes, like, did did I really do a good job? Did this get, you know what I mean? Like, did this get oh, taken, taken out of my hands? Or? It's called it's called Tiger King. It's not called like Big Cat Rescue or like you know, yeah, yeah. It's about him, right? Yeah. Truly, at the end of the day, it's about this guy, Joe Exotic, and he happens to be a big cat owner, and there happens to be this whole culture this truly a culture because you think i'll use a a a one that isn't um a a spoiler which is music videos these people all make music videos (laughs) (laughs) what does what does ownership of big cats and making music videos have to do with each other almost nothing i mean i guess tigers are popular you know content to consume people like tigers you know that's true throughout the whole thing it's part of everything that how how people feel about tigers but you know in general those two things don't go together so it is this like culture where they're influencing each other they become content creators and then oh he does a music video i'll do a music video that person will do a music video and we have all these tiger music videos now randomly and like i just think that the the whole piece of it with with how joe is is front and center in in the whole thing and that it isn't really about like that's why i called it an infusion right of the tigers like uh, and the cats i think it Mm -hmm. really isn't i I think that the filmmakers would say yeah we nailed it because in terms of trying to tell the story of this guy just think about how much is actually on tape and at some you know we find out at some point that much of the footage was lost <laughs> and still we have what we have that is insane right like we actually saw footage of the woman who got her arm ripped off yeah. by a tiger like we though with the arm slightly pixelated <laughs> yeah yeah but like the, my point i think is that like i think that they're patting themselves on the back and they sh- in, in my opinion they should be and i don't feel like this was tabloidy. Like, I think when I'm talking about Bachelor, it's like a... It's not completely, like, getting rid of, um, you know, the content itself, but I do think that, like, form over function has something to be said. And, like, in terms of execution on Tiger King, it wasn't... It didn't feel like... Some of the things that make Bachelor so trash are the fact that it's like completely convoluted and like the producers are like have their fingers in everything and then on top of it you have the content piece which is that it's like misogynistic and backwards and then you layer in more function which is like oh or form which is like oh they you know do these weird teasers before and after and all that stuff like those are the things that make it trash whereas i think you know it would be easy to say that like the content might feel slightly lowbrow. Is that PC? Yeah, lowbrow. I think is is fair. It's like I mean, okay. I think the other phrase I was thinking of was guilty pleasure. Maybe, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess my point is like, it might be easy to confuse like mullets and trailer parks, mm, right? Right for like a tabloid ish feel right. or reality TV or trashy reality TV vibe. And I don't, I don't think those two things go like necessarily hand in hand. I think, I think the actual execution of it was bar none. It was, it was excellent. I mean, I do think what is, 
pretty clear is is that and what the direct one of the directors has said in an interview is that he set out at the beginning to do much more of a blackfish style documentary exposing these you know big cat um preserves as you know and and really sort of getting people angry about how wrong that is that these exist and then it went in a different direction and i think that's a completely defensible choice probably the right choice it's you know essentially just in journalistic terms he was following the story and and that's really what the story was was this completely bonker story of joe exotic and all these different characters around him and and i will also say that to me and i've only seen three episodes but the it still feels like the most surprising thing to me and and that many of the, the other things that come up that are also surprising are extensions of this fundamental shock that these parks even exist and, and, and that they exist in the United States and that they are, I guess, on some level, not everything they do is necessarily legal, but that their existence is legal. That just seems totally insane. And I do think that the documentary ma- filmmakers are very clear about the fact that that's just really messed up. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the point, I, I, probably uh, they get a greater audience in telling, like like you said, following this this story and this piece that, um, for better or worse, is going to get more attention, right? Like all of these mm-hmm. wild things that happen in this guy's life and these people's lives and this weird culture, like that, that is going to get more attention and they still make the point, I think, even if it doesn't focus entirely like Blackfish style on you know, the well-being of the animals, it it makes its point in, entirely, in, in my opinion, and probably to a greater audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I assume you got, neither of you guys will be visiting a, a big cat uh, ranch anytime soon. Well, so that was actually in my little notes here. I was going to ask you all, have you, have you ever been in a situation at, at one of these spots where you've taken a picture or played around with a, uh, like a, a baby big cat? No, I've never I've never been around a big cat except for maybe at a zoo when I was little, you know, not like and not not in like a cage or touching them or anything like that. Um, I I did go to like a crocodile or not. Was it alligator or crocodile? I lived in Florida when I was like a little kid, first grade, second grade or something. And I did have my picture taken with a baby alligator in my hand with its tape with its mouth like scotch taped shut. Ooh, And. Uh, it was on a keychain that I really, really liked. And when I couldn't find it anymore, I was pretty bummed out. I thought it was like a really cool thing when I was little. Um, I guess I maybe shouldn't have. I'm probably going to get like hate on Twitter for that. But I was a little kid. I just did, took, I went where my parents <laughs> took me. I don't know. And I, I mean, I, I do think that the way we treat, think about a lot of this stuff and about animals in captivity has really changed dramatically. Blackfish is an example of that. I can think Definitely. of when I was a kid, I, you know, I went to SeaWorld for one thing. I also went to zoos where we were allowed to ride elephants and camels, which I think generally is frowned upon now. And so I think, you know, yeah, we're probably things that I've done, it sounds like that you've done that you would not do again now as an adult. Oh my God. Absolutely. No, I would not do these things as an adult to be perfectly clear and <laughs> mitigate my Twitter. So not not twelve not not Tiger King related, but I was I was twelve years old. Went to uh, one of these sort of like SeaWorld like parks, 
got picked in the crowd to to hang out over the edge, and a killer whale like pops out of the water and lick the side. They of call my them face. orcas. Not orcas. Ah! Sorry, sorry. <laughs> that I, I'm screaming not because you said killer whale, but because I'm just visualizing it licking the side of your face. It, yeah, it licked licked the side of my face. Uh, Polaroid snapped, handed to me like crowd applauds. Uh, and then you look back, like twenty five years later, you look back and you go, I cannot believe. That, uh, that you put your head in front of that, that, well, well, yeah, that I did it. That I was, I was with uh, like my best friend at the time. That his parents were like, "Yeah, go ahead. This, this seems like a good idea." I mean, there, there's nothing bad Safety. that can happen. Yeah, so it, <laughs> it, but it, it is. It's just weird. And even watching this, it was strange to hear. As you get introduced to a lot of these fringe characters, who are awesome, uh, throughout the, the the seven episodes. They each kind of start out with sort of interest, like, hi, I'm so-and-so. Uh, I know Joe this way. I bought my first big cat, uh, you know, when I was 17 years old from uh, an ad that was placed in the newspaper. You know, uh, that, that randomly, in episode, I think it's like the second or third episode, you meet the, uh, the guy who was convicted of, like, smuggling drugs. Who, yeah. Uh, who, who admits, like... Uh, yeah, you know, I used to sell like uh, kilos of cocaine to support my exotic animal habit. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the only reason I did it. And he's got his own private private property. I just it's it's weird to exist that that or to to realize that that existed then, and it's still it's got its own like niche and culture today of people that just find a way to yeah. I just you know I surround myself with you know these tiger cubs and I just hang out with them i was describing the documentary to my girlfriend julie and she immediately said oh is that where people get all their tinder photos with tigers and i had not quite realized that was a thing but they talk about it in the documentary it's it's not really a big focus but that it is something that people like to do is get their photos taken with either cubs or in some cases adult lions and tigers which again i i think there's like a moral component of why these parks are wrong but for me, much bigger than that is just uh, from a pure self-preservation perspective, that does not interest me at all. You would never. Yeah, you'd never. I mean, like the cub, the tiger cub thing. Like, sure. yeah, I mean, that's like, it's like a cute, the cutest little, you know, but it's wrong. It's definitely wrong. Yes. And I know better at this point in my life than to be involved with something like that. But a big tiger, you got to be fucking kidding me. You would have to force <laughs> me into that cage. I wouldn't be within a thousand miles of that shit. I don't know. I no, 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 no. Jason, we're no. doing our best to make sure this is a podcast that your daughter cannot listen to. Oh man, were we supposed to make it listenable for your daughter? No, no, no. So far, so far, we're good. Uh, oh yeah, we. Are you sure? Because I think I've used the f word like three or four times. I'll just. <laughs> I know where it comes. I'll just do a nice clap. At the same time, oh, okay, uh, cool. She'll be she'll be caught <laughs> off guard, uh, and then it'll you know five seconds will pass. My bad, sorry. No, no, daughter. we spent all last night, uh, you know, as I was going over this, curse words. Yeah, no, I was just like hey, <laughs> talk about this stuff. Uh, you know, I'm cooking meat. Would you like to eat some expired Walmart meat? Just like you know, tigers, <laughs> uh, it's, it's an excellent diet. Uh, we could throw it on a pizza. It's all good. Oh. Uh, and Anthony, you end on three, so you. You got some good episodes, stuff, right? Like you, you're you've seen like what they get fed. How crazy I've seen, yeah, I've saw. I, I there's that whole segment which is about um, the costs of maintaining 
these these parks and I guess particularly Joe Exotics Park and it's like a it's just the quantity and the amount of money they have to spend to do this is crazy. Oh, so I think they say I think Doc Antle who has another story. I think you saw him right in your three. Mm-hmm. I did see him. I I heard about his romantic his relationships. I saw the there's like a woman who worked at his park for about ten years and has a pretty fascinating story that uh, I, I at least saw a bit of. Hey, let me ask you both as on one of these side tangents, the people that work in the parks who are, are, are pretty awesome to hear from. Do you, how is it legal for them to only get paid like $150 a week? Is that just, <laughs> is, is, do you know what I'm talking about? Is that just like a, well, like I have uh, a ton of questions because like, what kind of insurance does Joe Exotic have for that and his workers, right? Like, it just seems like there were like a dozen red flags legally. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Outside of just like big cat ownership. Like, let's let's say like that's mm-hmm. totally fine, right? Um, Which is not. Like but just a gun. Let's, let's and, just say that was, yeah. Yeah, but let's just say that that was fine. And then like, you know, also like you know shooting guns and the level of experience needed to to like right but like it just seems like there are a bunch of like little like not little but like red tape type things that would have been gates at some point for what's happening at that place do you know what i mean um and that never so like yeah minimum wage violations of course but like he was hiring like ex-cons drug addicts you know in some in some cases um to come and work there so I don't know how much like leverage they maybe felt like they had to go. Are are they really going to go and, you know, file a complaint or whatever? Like, I don't. Well, and in, in Doc Antle's case, it sounds like they start off as volunteers, too, which I, I imagine then probably he may just again, I don't know. Maybe they're just like officially classified as volunteers the whole time. and He's paying them out of the table. But, yeah, it seems like an, an opportunity, like a situation that where there's a lot of opportunity for abuse and stuff to happen kind of unofficially well and like carol has like entirely free labor force that have been working there for years and years and years she's got the different uh the color system for t-shirts yeah she's got level fives and they don't even come up on her radar until they're level fives she was clear to say they've got to be there like three or four years yeah (laughs) for a while for a while for her to even notice your (laughs) stupid face Um, I want to talk some more about these different characters, but I suspect that we can only do that in spoilers because we, we will probably want to get into it. Is there anything else we want to say about Tiger King before we get into spoilers? I've had I Saw a Tiger stuck in my head for 48 hours now <laughs> in terms of music. And I, I honestly, I it's kind of a bop. So if you're looking for new Is music. Is it weird during... that he's doing the videos, but he's not singing the songs? Are you sure he's not singing the songs? I, I okay, I, singing. allegedly, allegedly, I heard there's another group that does the songs, and he just does like the videos. Yeah, oh, that, I wasn't okay, sure. So he's honestly. paying somebody. It seemed like way too good to actually be him, but then also Joe Exotic is one of those guys who has some like hidden talents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just like it wasn't impossible that it was him. It it wasn't like 100 percent impossible. It wasn't likely, but I hadn't ruled it out. So I thought it might be him with like. A lot of help from Auto Tune or something. Okay, I don't so think I, it's I, that I take weird, it back. though. I it's mean, one it's, of the it's not. 
it's not even remotely as weird as the fact that they exist to begin with, right? Like, I mean, at the, the why are you making music videos? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, what once we're at that level of bizarre, I'm not like, oh, someone else is singing these songs. Like, how crazy? You know what I mean? Like, it's like we're already in crazy town. We know it. Probably someone else. I don't know. Are you yeah. are you both gonna feel weird when uh, the editorial team is asked to start recording music videos to go along with your articles? Oh no, gosh. we've been waiting. Yeah, <laughs> you've, you've, like you've tell got me lyrics when. all lined up. Yeah, I got a guitar over here. I'm ready to go. I, I saw a starter. Basic. Oh, I thought I thought if we got to sing songs we like, that's fine. But if we have to write the songs ourselves, that's that's a little tougher. Ooh, I, no, I love writing songs. Remember the Crunchies? I mean, that only took like eight weeks of very dedicated <laughs> work, <laughs> but but still, I, I made it happen to write some mediocre songs. Maybe Anthony will link to those in his posts since nobody ever watches them and it was such hard work that I did. I will, I will, yeah, we'll, we'll dig them up. We'll dig them up. Um, oh, I got them. I got them in a bookmarked. I'll just Okay, right perfect. <laughs> okay, so let's let's move into spoilers. So if you don't want to know what happens in Tiger King, you should stop listening now. Um, I think maybe one way to talk about it is what do you guys, I mean, do you guys have a favorite character? Oh my god! Oh, that, that that's it's so hard in a in a show like this to pick favorites. So, is it like are the favorites? Because there's a difference between like the person that you would want to have a beer with, like the most. That's one of my you know questions, what I mean? and and then the most entertaining person to watch. Those are very different for I me. I think that's those are very different. I to me, I, it seems obvious that I would not want to have a beer with any of these people so it's really? much more i want to have a beer with the guy that doesn't have legs you mean uh john ranky john ranky yeah i would have a beer with that guy he's great he is eloquent he like f- he feels very genuine to me he feels like he would be a good conversationalist i would love to have a beer with that guy and be like tell me your stories who who what's up man like and didn't you didn't you get a sense that all the characters that you meet who are who are sort of like managers or maintenance or whatever at at that park are legit like they care about its success they they totally they, they care about the outcomes of these tigers um like they're they're not just in it to be like, well, you know, he gives me a place to stay. It's like I I really care about these animals. I don't want this to yeah. be shit. Um, the the woman whose arm got cut off also seemed like a pretty down to earth, like chill person to hang out with. Seth. Um. The was Seth the campaign guy? No, no. So can't I, I like I have all these names written down. <laughs> you Anthony, you haven't gotten to this yet, but there's there's a whole political portion. Uh, uh, coming in like episode four or five. Uh, Josh Dial, the former Walmart manager turned campaign manager for uh, Joe Exotic, is he would be who I would want to hang out with. Wait, so what? What did? What is Joe Exotic's campaign? Wait, he, so wait, wait, so Anthony, did you ever watch? Did you watch last week tonight? Mm-hmm, I I have, yeah. So there's a whole segment from John Oliver dedicated to this guy who is running. Well, not a whole segment. It was like a little mini segment, but dedicated to this random guy in Oklahoma who is who worked at a tiger zoo and tried to run as an independent for president in in 2016. And it, it was a big 
big segment on the show and come to find out yeah that's joe exotic he ran for president in 2016 and that's governor amazing. of oklahoma after that because he didn't want to wait another four <laughs> years to run for president <laughs> <laughs> and his campaign videos are amazing anthony they're like i don't want to change what i'm wearing i'll you'll never see me in a suit i did drugs i have kinky sex he had campaign condoms. He put his face on condoms to have Joe Exotic protect you. I got this bitch in Florida who's got a judgment against me. I don't care. I'm running for president. <laughs> like, that, like, that is his campaign video. Like, almost verbatim. Well, so when we were talking about the employees, I did want to mention, so this woman who had her arm um, eventually amputated, the thing that's really, I mean, everything about that is bonkers, including the fact that they have footage of her lying on the ground before the... Uh, before the you know medical help arrives, and the sort of really half-assed way that Joe is trying to comfort her, he's just like, "Are you okay? You okay?" Um, is the fact that the way she tells that story, which I mean, I don't know for sure how accurate this is. I wouldn't expect anyone to have incredibly accurate memories of this, but she says that basically the doctor says that her her hand is still attached, but that she will have to have two years of reconstructive surgery if she keeps the hand mm-hmm. or she can just have it amputated. So she chooses to have it amputated. And she says specifically that she wants to have it amputated to protect the park. Because if she is in the hospital for two years getting this treatment, then that's just going to be all this negative publicity for the park. And that is just, if that's actually what happened, that blows my mind. And she says she comes back to work seven days after it happened. They are like five days or something like crazy. And then there's the other woman, too, who said, I mean, this is not actually related, but it is weird that said that she was working so hard that when they kind of pushed her into getting a getting breast implants, that she was just looking forward to the sleep. <laughs> and that, that's <laughs> During a docks, recovery at, time. at Doc's right. Park. Do- yeah. Yeah. At a different park. And I think that's one of the things that becomes clear is that Joe Exotic is the most colorful character. He's the one who's like wrapped up in this contract killer. I mean, I guess they're beyond allegations now because he's he's in jail. But um, he, you know, but like that no one involved in this is either particularly good or boring. They're all like really wild characters. They are. They're insane. Pretty much all of them. But I do like the Ranky. I like the journalist guy i'm sure jason knows his name journalist guy journalist the one who all of his footage got he's in norway oh yes uh rick kirkham yeah he was like a a hard copy or something producer and then who was like known for doing daredevilish things yes reporting and then went to go do this full time for years and run joe's um live (laughs) tv internet channel Joe Exotic TV. I like how he called the every time he did an episode on Carol, how he how he called them sagas, saga yeah. one, saga <laughs> two. Like that is not what a saga. That's not the whole thing's a saga, and then this is a chapter. They're, it's they're not fifty. They're fifty-seven separate sagas. <laughs> yeah, we that's have to send a, him a all, note about right his use of the word saga. Well, so I wonder if we're, if we're going to talk about characters. Do you mind? I have my list of uh, it's Please. most of the people, but my if I just go down here, if you have any quick takes about them, any 
any well you haven't anthony you haven't gotten to people like jeff Lowe. yeah you ignore me you guys can i'll okay. jump in when i have something to say but you guys here for you. so to so, to include all of us uh we i like we've talked so much about this so much of the inter- internet is ablaze also about this kind of side story that comes up in episode three any takes on uh carol and howard baskin I, well, for me, it was interesting because I think before I'd even seen episode three, I'd started to see some of the commentary about it and this idea that they basically, that basically what Carol says is that they constructed this whole episode around innuendo and hearsay. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds kind of fucked up. I can't believe they did that. And then you watch the episode and at least what they lay out, I think it is fair to say that there are questions about her husband's death. I don't. I mean, whether or not they treat. I again, I haven't done a ton of other research, so I you don't. You also know. have like straight up. I mean, everybody's motivated, right? But like you, this documentary has like eight people who are like, yeah, I think Carol <laughs> killed him, like <laughs> with their faces and their names on camera. Like those, those are you know verified essential. Well, not verified entirely, but those are sources, right? That are willing yes. to come forward, for, right? And. And many, it's not like many five anonymous sources or anything. Yeah, yeah, many of them. So it's like, it's not really hearsay entirely, right? Like you've got literally his his daughters and ex-wife saying like, yeah, it was Carol. And like he, he wrote a note being like, I think it's Carol's going to kill me. Like, <laughs> so. Because he was trying to get a restraining order. This was going to be one of my questions to you both is like, this is, this is like, you, you guys, you do research, you talk to sources, you report things, uh, you know, you examine information that you have and sort of make judgments on things. Do you think it's fair or responsible, I guess, for the, the filmmakers to, to throw all that out there? And then in, in a way, it's just episode three of seven, and then you kind of just leave it hanging? Or, you know what I mean? Is, is it fair to Carol and then film her throughout the rest of the episodes talking about other things and she may not, your subjects may not necessarily be aware that like, hey, this, this, these people are going to put like one of seven episodes and it's going to be all about this thing that took place and, you know, in my life with my previous husband. I'm not sure I follow. Do you mean like, is it unethical for the documentarians yeah, I guess. to yeah. go talk like to it, other people? It, well, and then just kind of leave it as like, well, we don't, we don't really know either way. Oh, no. I mean, I think that it's your job to, like, present the truth accurately and to the and as thoroughly as possible. But, like, sometimes you can't... Just because you can't get to the last 5% doesn't mean that the first 95% don't need to be shared, right? Like, yeah, I... Yeah. Um, I think there are times where, you know, if it's really just a rumor and it's, like, one or two people... Are like, hey, don't say I told you this, but I heard that this guy is, you know, a pedophile or something. You know, just like like stuff that's like really serious. Because once you've sort of uttered that, then it's sort of tied to the person. So you do have to be careful to some extent. Definitely, but I agree that you're definitely. not you're not making a criminal case. You're you're basically making it clear that everyone or that everyone that you've spoken to believes that she did it. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the documentary doesn't say True. the murder yeah. of Howard by Carol Baskin. Right. It says you know, here are a bunch of people who were around and who had information of this or that or the other, lawyers, filings with the court system, et cetera. Here's all that information, right? That, mm-hmm. That's what I have to give you, you know? So, 
And he he talked to Carol too, right? Like Carol That's had the true. opportunity uh, throughout the whole thing to say no to this and that and the other. She li- literally responded to pretty much every accusation, you know, and, and and it was pretty balanced in that way. I think. I think there's probably ways you we could. I, I mean, I, and I don't know exactly how I feel about it, but like, you know, how they presented it to how prominent and what it was and how big a part of the show it was is, I think it's worth asking you know whether or not that was like central to the story but i mean she is a main character in the story this is a big thing in her past that people have questions about and it seems like they you know treated it pretty fairly so so this is this is a character that i can't remember if if he's introduced or not in the first three episodes i think so uh so i think you may have seen did you see anything yet anthony about travis uh joe one of joe's husbands uh no i've seen the husband who's like younger and um i forget his name he he's like missing so a couple john of yeah that's john, john finley and then travis travis uh, i have maldonado yeah how so oh. jordan were yeah. you uh well i guess we can spoil it here but travis's accidental shooting on on tape not on tape you know he's off off camera right i'm laughing at the spoiler nature of that being like well, we're not going to spoil it but also he <laughs> shot himself well it it was oh. that the campaign manager that the camera is just on him the entire time that that this incident takes place that to me was maybe like the craziest Wait. So explain to me. Wait. What? They're filming the campaign yeah, managers like okay. giving an interview, or what's happening? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna explain it. So the the campaign manager has this office, and you know there are cameras everywhere, all over the compound, right? And so in his office, the camera faces him, but it's above the doorway, essentially. So when Joe's husband um, Travis comes and visits him, he's essentially seated underneath and out of sight of the camera, but you can see the campaign manager talking to him. So there's footage, like, uh-huh. I'm sure there's, a- like, hundreds of hours of footage, right? Like, of, you know, him sitting at his desk and doing things, and then... Yeah. But but in the clip, Travis comes in. We don't see him ever on camera, but he comes in, and he's joking around with the gun and saying, this gun won't fire if it doesn't have a clip in it. Oh, my God. And And shoots himself in the head... And you are watching the campaign manager's reaction to seeing this happen, right? Like you can see him being like, don't, don't do that. Right. And he like freezes and at first doesn't believe it. You know, he's like talking to him. I don't, I can't read lips. I don't know if he's saying his name or whatever, but he like, it seems like he's yelling at him to like, get up, like don't joke, you know, or something like that. And then he realizes what happened fully you know and is like holy shit and it's just insane footage to watch of someone you know you're watching someone else watch someone commit suicide yeah it's just terrible oh oh my gosh yeah it's uh it was certainly in in seeing josh's reaction on camera it was i've never seen anything like that uh in in you know one of these you know kind of never and it's documentaries that throws up to to see something like that and it was it it really just hits you 
it does and it's it's one of these crazy things because like making a murder i think is a good example where somehow in that really i think there's 10 episodes and all the way up through nine or so most of the way through they're ratcheting things up more and more and more and more and oftentimes when when you're episode one two three in and things the stakes keep raising and things get weirder things get more bizarre things get even more insane and that volume is crescendoing you you feel like they can't keep doing it there's a certain ceiling here you know what i mean and they can't keep going and I kind of had that worry with Tiger King all the way, you know, through to the end of episode three. And I was like, I don't know if they can sustain this for seven episodes. And then, you know, you find yourself, I think it's episode five where that happens. And you're like, holy shit. Like, not only is it ratcheting up in insanity, but also kind of like seriousness. I do think that the, the tone, maybe it's not the tone, but just the, the content, the subject matter gets more and more serious and less kind of like, haha, those weirdos and more like, Oh my God, like this is really terrible and sad and like just intense. You know what I mean? It like, it, it had that effect for me, you know? Mm. Yeah, Cause it, it really is. Those, those first couple of episodes are sort of more like, I don't know. You're, you're you're like a voyeur looking into this world that you didn't know existed. You're meeting these people. Totally. It, it, it does have that vibe of like, man, each character is crazier than the next. This is wild. And then it kind of goes into one of these like Dateline, true crime-ish things with the Carol stuff. Uh, but it is really, the second half of the series is just, it's uh, people being torn apart. There's, you know, the death. There's, the, you know, attempted or how far was it attempted murder and jail time uh and it it, it just gets kind of it does it it goes from this thing where you're kind of like these people are kind of crazy and kooky to just more and more sort of depressing and uh i don't know so do you start to see them more less as just kind of crazy tv characters and more as sympathetic or even tragic characters well, I, don't, I definitely didn't leave the series feeling like I don't know if you feel differently through six, Jordan, but I, I don't. I don't feel like at the end of it, you any of the main players that you're like I'm rooting for this person, uh, or or anything. I don't. I don't know if anybody kind of comes so, off. So, and I I have a distinct feeling at the end of episode three, once all the Carol stuff is kind of like laid out, I I remember thinking. Well, I did not expect to be on the side of Joe Exotic at the halfway through this show. You know what I mean? Like I, I, like I was really like, "Wow, what a!" And it it kind of addicted me to the show even more. Where I was like, "Where could we possibly go from here?" If right now I feel like Joe Exotic is the one with a reasonable head on his shoulders, like I, I just it was a little bit jarring to me. But yeah, I now that I'm at the end, I've finished episode six. I have one left. I just feel like for the most part, you know, I see it I see it as Jeff and Carol in my opinion, and my mom gets mad when I use the word evil, but I do think that it's kind of fair for those two at this point. Um are just evil people. <laughs> they're not good. They're and they know what they're doing. They're aware of at least in my opinion, it seems like they're very aware 
of what they're doing and they still are doing things that are hurtful and bad. And Joe, to me, just seems a little bit less aware. He kind of almost reminds me of Trump in a way. Like, he just thinks he's right by nature of being Joe. It's just his personality. Do you know what I mean? He just... I don't think he's really thinking things through beyond himself. He's just so, so zeroed in on himself that everything he does and says has to be kind of right. He doesn't, I don't think he necessarily means harm. I think he probably, to the extent that an egoist like himself can, can care about things. I think he genuinely for a long time, at least cared about the tigers, you know, in the way that he thought was right because if it's Joe's idea, it must be right. And it must be a good thing, right? He just doesn't understand that he could be flawed. And so that kind of leads him down a path of doing some terrible things that are abhorrent, but in a way that is much less disturbing than some of the other characters who you feel like, and and Doc Antle too, like where you feel like they know, they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? They know they're luring, you know, young girls onto their, zoo or they know that they're you know essentially getting free labor for a very similar situation in carol's you know case um a total hypocrite right like she knows she knows those things you know and joe is just out here being joe you know and it, it, joe might be bad but he he doesn't mean to be i don't think i think he's just doing him so jason is the person who's seen all seven episodes do you feel like at the end of it, it feels like it told a complete story or was it sort of more like, wow, just here's a big collection of crazy and dark stuff that happened? I guess uh, it's a bit of both. I think by the end of it, you kind of feel like um, some of this stuff is still sort of like left up in the air, um, you know, some loose ends. But I think at the end of it, I think it does kind of tell like the rise and fall of the tiger king is you know is, is really like the story over seven episodes and that for the most part does have you know maybe like a 98 percent conclusion so he he's in jail now and he's like suing to get the the tiger like suing i forget some department of the government to make tigers not endangered anymore or something like that uh something yeah well this is again where we all pretend to be lawyers or uh, I, th- I, th- I think it's something where he has like the idea that be- because of the way some of these laws are written, they were able to to like single him out or or do something in order to get him in jail that wasn't uh, quite on the up and up. And uh, I think he he says you know he's he's been in this world for so long he knows what all of the players have done that that may not necessarily be uh, legal. Um, mm. and is, has also on the side, maybe discussed coming out with some of that information. Um, but it, it is, it, yeah, it's all, it's all kind of confusing at this point. Okay. <laughs> um, are there other thoughts that we want to, or other topics you want to discuss about Tiger King? The polygamy bit was kind of interesting too. That was one of those other ones, like music videos where I was like, why do we all have this in common? Like the multiple husbands and multiple wives. Yeah. yeah. Like why, what's up with that? Why are we, it's interesting, right? The things that they all kind of do together. Right. Or well, it the, seems like part of it is because Doc Antle is like the, the one mentor. who sort of the mentor and set the template for everyone else, which is, 
really messed up. And that yeah, and that just... that that kind of comes up a bit in episode seven for like a second. Uh, so you'll you'll see that where they kind of they 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 kind of turn the you know the the lens more on Doc to Doc's face about you know whether or not what he's been up to is entirely appropriate. By the way, one of my favorite ways they they roast him in not and I think on in terms of things that are bad about him, this is very very low on the list, but that they'll usually when they show him they'll show like 5 seconds before I I think what he expects they'll show. And so there's he's always being very very media savvy in this specific way of like okay great is this what the shot's going to be is this what's going to is it best if i hold the you know if i stand here with the tiger that's what you're going to use right and he just comes off as such an asshole yeah i mean they it, it, by the end of it you're sort of just like how 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 is this happening what is going on um there is jordan i'm, I'm curious to see the the james garretson Jeff Lowe, Allen, all that stuff that comes up that that kind of leads to uh, Joe's downfall. Uh, didn't you almost think you could have used a like a bit more about? Wait, what? The, what the, leads to his downfall? The the Jeff Lowe, James Garrettson, the FBI informant. Uh, yeah. All all the sort of lead up of is Joe being investigated? Uh, is uh, is is Jeff? somehow manufacturing maybe some of this evidence to, to get uh, Joe incarcerated. I could have used a little bit more. I could have used like maybe an extension of episode six. Uh, well, I was hoping that episode seven would do a lot of like nailing Jeff Lowe to the wall, honestly, because that's what I kind of like am craving at this stage in the, sh- in the show. I also think that like the way that it was teased out the, because if I remember correctly, like Joe, leaves the zoo and then it's not until later that we hear and we get like a bit of the conversation between jeff and joe where like jeff is talking about how you know you you put my name on things right the campaign finance stuff and that and and, yeah and that's not they even make really it seem what like, leads to it yeah yeah and they make it seem like that's why he leaves and then they go back later and they're like also, you tried to kill Carol Burnett with a hitman, and they also know about that, yeah, and they're Carol coming Baskin, for you right Carol now. Baskin. Right. Sorry, not Carol Burnett. Carol <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Not Carol Burnett. Carol Baskin. I was and... shocked when Burnett shows up in episode seven. <laughs> oh, my God. No, please no. Um, but yeah, like it just, I didn't think, I, I do think that of, if there are flaws in execution on this, on this docuseries that it, it does come in around then it just kind of felt like it slightly lost steam and the, the two chronologies kind of going and the way that they reveal this information and the order that they did it just felt a little bit more sloppy than they had done in earlier episodes of other parts of the story, you know, and, and granted it does get more complicated here. Like how do you, what order do you go in when all these things are happening at once? And they're, they are unrelated in ways, right? Like the campaign finance stuff is totally unrelated, but you, it's part of the same exact conversation. So how do you build out both? It's not an easy task by any stretch, but I, I do feel like it wasn't as good as it should have been or, you know, wasn't quite right. 
And this has got this has got to be weird for you, Anthony, who's only seen through the the Carol murder mystery to to now have a segment where it's like, well, what about those campaign finance violations? <laughs> it is it is a uh, surprise yeah. in the sense that um, yeah, I, I would not have expected that's where it would go in the remaining episodes. I would have assumed it was all about cats and murder and other crimes. Yeah, there's a whole there's there's basically like a kind of a two or three episode stretch where it's very little about cats and private at all like yeah it's essentially just a mention of like joe kind of has lost focus on the cats and you're like okay <laughs> you know like wow okay but still somehow they managed to show the cats in almost every couple scenes essentially um which is good because i like to see them even though it's sad <laughs> that they're in cages they're very beautiful um and terrifying and terrifying, yeah, and powerful and majestic and all of those things. I also, Jason, what about when when one of the tigers started biting Joe's shoe and no one went to save him? Oh, yes. It was, it was I forgot kind of about one that. of those. It, you, you saw Blackfish, right, Jason? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I, I'll remember very little. I saw it when it came out. It's okay. You'll remember this. It's like the scene when the when the orca grabs the guy's toe and drags him to the bottom yes, of the. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and he they're talking about how he's like a scuba, instru- you know, and he, so he knows how to manage to his breath, it. and yeah. he yeah totally, and that like he probably would have died otherwise, and even after he got out and his feet were broken, he was trying to like that that scene is so etched into my mind, you know, like I just that is that was such a intense piece of footage, but. This felt nowhere near that intense, obviously, but still was. It felt like it could have been one. Of, you know what I mean? Like one of those moments. If, if he where didn't they have really, that gun, yeah. If he wasn't going to start firing, no, up he rounds, was going to go down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he would have shot him. I really believe that if they had, you know, if if he had seen any little sense of aggression beyond that point when he was kind of walking away, that he would we would have started shooting those tigers. Well, I thought, I thought the first shot he fires, I thought he did shoot the tiger. I thought at, he just shot the ground. No, and he, you know, he did. But at, at like the very first second it happened, before you know the tiger's backing away and he starts having to shoot again, sort of up in the air. Uh, I thought, oh my god, did he just shoot that tiger? Uh, I mean, you got a gun in your hand. I mean, and a tiger's dragging you into a <laughs> into a little area with more tigers who are you know circling. <laughs> and that was that was a campaign video, right? Wasn't he like shooting like a? He was trying to, yeah. Yeah. I'm just sweating listening to you guys describe this. Oh, it was intense, dude. He, yeah, and he's convinced that someone put cologne yes. on his shoes. Yes. You you gotta watch the rest of this series. Okay. Yeah, I'm you really do. do. I know, and we'll we'll check in after I've seen everything. And Jordan has. Um, Finished. Jordan has uh, well finished it. So Jason, for for people who have not seen any of it yet, um, are there any final things that they should know that will? I mean, I, I imagine we've we've probably convinced them to watch it. The whole every discussion has convinced them to to watch it. But anything else you think people should know about Tiger King? Oh, I, would, I, I had like a list of crimes that are reported or or thing. This this is just if if you if you're like well I, you know what I I'm on the fence. I kind of like. I kind of like true crime documentaries, but I don't know if I'm really into animals or anything. Uh, this this is a list of things you might be interested in. Uh, embezzlement. 
uh, conspiracy to commit murder, uh, arson, cults, cults. Uh, hey, there's a section on copyright and trademark infringement, campaign yep. finance violations, uh, animal cruelty, uh, attempted murder, uh, hits for hire, magic, drug, drug use, it, drug use. Uh, if you like any, or not like, but if, if any of those things spark your interest, there's an episode for you. It's got everything. It literally has everything. Old, old meat on pizza. <laughs> and, and any, anything that you would, music, yeah, the music videos. Uh, yeah. It's really got everything. It's got something for everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end on that note. Before we go, I will just remind our listeners they can always email us at originalcontent at techcrunch.com. Let us know what you think of Tiger King. Let us know what you think of our review. You can also leave us a positive review or and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. Jordan and Jason are best prepared panelists ever. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good weekend.